Welcome to Fiery Discourse, your podcast and media featuring dragonesses, female dinosaurs, and other similar swords and scalies. I'm your host, Ludmillanon, and with me are my co-hosts, Angron, Lucky Evie, and Jordan. Today is our 32nd episode, and we're discussing 1967's Gamera vs. Gauss, so let's get things started. Now, Gamera is a very interesting kaiju character. He basically started off as kind of a knockoff of Godzilla, especially with the first movie, but then he became a very popular character in his own right, especially amongst children, because uh, Gamera be- uh, became the child-friendly equivalent to Godzilla. Now, that yeah. being said, Gamera movies were still incredibly, incredibly violent, as we will see in the movie we're going to talk about today. Oh, yeah. It may be yeah. friendly to kids, but this is far from a kid-friendly theory. No, no, it, it's not frozen. Let's do it that way. Uh-huh. Yeah, I feel like uh, Gamera really started to find its good uh, its footing, with uh, Gamma vs. Gauss, which in my opinion is actually the best Gamma movie of the Shawa era, because I feel like the movies after this would become uh, a little bit too weird or in some cases really tedious because they would use a lot of stock footage of previous monster fights, like in uh, Gamma vs. Virus and Gamma Super Monster. In both those movies, at least 50% of the runtime is just stuff we've seen before. So it makes it really quite tedious if you're, tr- if you're trying to, like, uh, watch them all in order or that. Because it's like, oh, wait, we've seen all these fights, you know, fast forward. At least Godzilla only really did that once in Godzilla's Revenge. But yeah, mm. with that being said, I feel like a Gamera vs. Gauss definitely is the best of the uh, original Gamera series of movies, at least in my opinion. So, yep, the movie begins with a stock footage of volcano eruptions in a news report about uh, a big eruption and an earthquake that goes on at the same time. Now, the English dub for this movie, because there's actually two English dubs, uh, I'm not sure which one we saw, if it was like the Hong Kong one, or if it was like the uh, United States television one, so uh, we're not sure, but it is a little bit stilted, which, to be fair, a lot of kaiju movies, even uh, some Godzilla movies, had a lot of really stilted uh, English line deliveries and dubs. They weren't done mm-hmm. by, like, really professional studios, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and no we actually get to see that uh, when we have the uh, group of uh, scientists talking about the earthquake, because one reporter talks, and he sounds almost exactly like Kermit the Frog. And uh, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, it kind yeah, of... Yeah, he sounds like the Wilkins coffee puppet, too. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's, like, it's like, that's really the best voice you could have given to this uh, newspaper reporter. But yeah, then uh, we cut to uh, the volcano erupting and people fleeing the scene. And we get to see our child character of this movie, Ichi. Pretty much all Gamera movies, with the exception of Gamera versus Berugon. No, uh. I love that. Not Berugon, Berugon with a U. It's not Berugon. copyright infringement if you change a letter. <laughs> but seriously, pretty much all Gamera movies, uh, except for that one, had children as its main characters. And again, this helped. Uh, this was part of what helped Gamera be more appealing to children, to the extent where Godzilla slowly became more child-friendly as a result. But yeah, mm-hmm. Ichi is definitely one of the uh, better child protagonists of a uh, Gamera movie. Probably him and Ken from the uh, first one are the uh, best of the Gamera child characters. The others could get kind of annoying after a while. 
But yeah, Ichi, uh, he sees Gamera and he's fascinated by him. And this was the last movie where Gamera could be depicted as like really a threat. After this, he would become more of like a big, you know, universe-saving hero. Again, kind of like what happened with Godzilla as well. For and the course, most part. At least with Godzilla, for the most part. He still, like, occasionally has his moments where he's like, Hey, what the shit, humanity? I'm taking you down. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But yeah, as he just Gamera does what he pleases became... compared to Gamera, who's full-on, like, yes. He, he pretty on, much like... became like a, a hero, exactly. He became like yeah. a giant turtle version of Ultraman, basically. Yeah. 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 But yeah, uh, the credits begin uh, as Gamera watches the lava flow of the volcano and he roars in what's a pretty good shot. And the thing that's interesting is that uh, definitely with Gamera, it's not as good. Again, uh, I'm not going to compare apples to oranges throughout the entire podcast. We're going to save that for later. But it does have some pretty good miniature work in it. Not as good as like some of the Godzilla movies, but... Definitely uh, up yeah. there in terms of pretty good miniatures for the time being. So yeah, Gamera, it turns out, is drawn to the volcano because he's drawn to any source of heat. And then we cut to the main human drama element with the uh, farmers being driven out of their homes to build a highway, which is actually based on something that was happening in Japan at the time. So it was basically taking uh, from actual news events with uh, you know farmers being displaced to build like uh, roads and whatnot. So yeah, we get to see a helicopter fly over the area before it's split in half by a mysterious beam, which it looks pretty good. You can kind of see where the helicopter breaks away in the shot. But again, uh, for the time, it's a pretty good effect considering this is a 67. And yeah, uh, we, we get to see that the monster isn't really Gamera, but it's actually uh, something else. And uh, of course, they send uh, Okabe, a reporter, out there to investigate the matter. And then we get back to uh, more of the uh, uh, roadwork foremen with... And what's interesting is there's this comedy duo. I don't think their names are ever said in the English dub. If they are, uh, feel free to correct us with, like, a comment with your email or whatever. But the uh, I'm just going to call them, like, uh, Japanese Laurel and Hardy because that's basically what they are. They have very strange voices in the dub. Like, the, the thin one is okay, but the fat one has, like, a real deep and gravelly voice, and it, it does not suit him or the antics he goes through at all. But, yeah, we uh, get to see the farmers protesting the road's construction, and they keep on fighting them by sabotaging their work, which, again, mm. actually did happen. It's really fascinating that stuff like that happened uh, in real life, and they decided, oh, let's put that in our kaiju movie, which kaiju movies of the time especially really did a lot of i mean look at a uh, godzilla versus a uh, hedora basically was mm. about the horrible pollution japan was going through at the time mm. yeah certainly yep, true. so yeah uh the construction workers finally arrive uh only to see a strange light in the mountains okabe finds ichi and he helps him get closer to the light in the mountains uh and here's one thing that i actually really liked about the movie that you know, Okabe, you think he's going to be the main protagonist because, oh, a newspaper reporter in a kaiju movie. They're going to be the uh, main character. But They're no, not. because he leaves Ichi to die in the cave-in before he's picked up by Geos. Now, we we only see Geos uh, a real close-up of her head here. But, of course, we see more of her in a couple of seconds. And, well, we'll start talking about her right now. She has a really unique design, I think, for a kaiju. She's basically a cross between a vampire bat and a pterodactyl. She yeah. has like these really cool razor sharp teeth and uh, yellow eyes. And the flat top head, which 
could look a little silly, but I think it actually works with the streamlined design. It makes her look a lot more menacing compared to uh, Berugon, who was pretty much a knockoff of Anguirus and uh, some of the other Gamera monsters like Zegra, the giant shark, and uh, Anguirion, the giant knife dog monster. I think Geos is definitely the best-looking foe that Gamera has had. And it seems like uh, Dai Productions agreed because in the 90s trilogy, Geos would basically become what King Ghidorah is to Godzilla, to Gamera. Geos would become uh, Gamera's arch nemesis. So yeah, uh, mm. we see her uh, basically eating the uh, reporter, and then she slowly lifts her head from the ground before she just bursts out of the rocks and reveals her uh, full form. And her roar is really, really uh, good, too. You know, it's, a, it's something that they repeat a lot of throughout the movie, and it just has that right amount of menacing to it. You know, it clearly has, like, that, you know, feminine screechy side to it, but it also has a really menacing tone to it that it, it, it is unearthly. It is something that, again, really, really serves to make Geos uh, scarier. Hmm, yeah. So Not now we see... Uh, yeah. oh, that's like, oh, also, a little bit of a note. But uh, Ga but uh, Ga Gauss's head looks kind of like a uh, kind of like one of those uh, flat-topped Kirby enemies from uh, Kirby's Return to Dreamland. I forget what they're specifically called, but yeah. Oh, I could very well see that. I wonder if that was an inspiration. That 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 uh, is early. Not really. Not really. Not really. Not really. You guys show me a picture. You guys show me a picture. I think I can tell you. It's all good. It's all good. We'll Sweet. definitely, uh, yep. I definitely think uh, we can find that. Yep. So anyway, uh, sorry, getting back to this, the little tangent. But yeah, Gaos appears, to, a gamer appears to fight Gaos. Now, Gaos basically picks up Ichi, and the two basically fight each other. And Gaos uses her uh, beam, which we later find out what the beam consists of. She uses it to cut off, to basically cut through Gamera's arm, which causes him to gush blood, which, again, Gamera is the more child-friendly of the kaiju, and there is a lot of blood in these movies. Like, a lot, a lot of blood in the Gamera franchise. But it's not human blood, so I guess it's okay. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then, uh, Gamera, again, and what I liked about Gamera is they weren't afraid to get creative with how he fought the monsters, especially around this time. Because he basically gets in his shell and he does like a really cool rolling attack at her. But of course, Geos easily swats him away. Gamera then uh, saves Ichi and puts him on his shell for safety. Which this moment, I feel, is when Gamera would become, as he would famously be called in uh, later movies, the friend of all children. Yeah. Uh, believe it or not, that was Gamera's like title later on in the uh, Gamera franchise. But that makes we then sense, yeah. We then get to see Gamera uses flame breath at Geos, driving her back, which, man, kaiju suit actors were so brave because the suit actor for Geos is having open flames thrown at them at this moment. Yeah. But, like, they are, like, feet away from, like, a, a flamethrower, and they're on, like, a mascot head where they can't see anything. That is really commitment to, to the bit. Basically, all of the uh, kaiju suit actors were, were very brave people. But yeah, uh, mm. Gamera then uh, flees the scene with Ishii on top of his shell. And we get to see the workers and the villagers put aside their differences to save him, which kind of ties into what happens later on in the movie. A nice little bit of foreshadowing there. Uh, we get to see uh, Ishii on uh, Gamera's shell, which, again, the rear projection is 
really good. You, you, I know it's you know it's it look uh, sorry it might look a little bit obvious today, but the shot of Ichi just climbing on top of like a gamma shell, uh, trying to get down, it it does look really good. Again, especially for the time period, because yeah. uh, Dai and Gamera famously did not have as large of a budget as the arrivals with Godzilla. So for what it is, it still turns out really, really good. And we get to see uh, the construction foreman uh, ride on a Ferris wheel to get Ishii off of Gamera, uh, after which Gamera just leaves out. And I love that Ichi, after being like almost kidnapped by Gamera and almost killed by Geos, the first thing he does is happily waves goodbye to Gamera, which... To be fair, pretty much all the kids did that when they saw a uh, when they saw Gamera in this franchise uh, after this movie. Mm. Another thing that happened uh, quite frequently in Gamera movies was little kids being treated uh, by the authorities, and he's brought before them to talk about uh, Geos. And it's here we find out a lot more about her. It turns out that the beam she admits is a supersonic beam of like pure sound. That's like somehow sharp enough to cut limbs and destroy other things. Uh, she has a uh, she feeds on blood, which kind of ties into her being like almost a vampiric bat mixed with a uh, you know a pterodactyl. She has a forked tongue, and it turns out she's a bit like Tim Burton's Batman. She cannot turn her head, although this is because Gaius has actually two spines in her body. And oh dear. Yeah, yeah. And the sketches of Geos like uh, on the thing, it definitely was made for the movie, but it is really well done to see uh, her anatomy uh, that they put so much work in small details like that. And it turns out we get uh, Geos, uh, she gets her name uh, from the sound of her roar, which I mean, it kind of sounds like the word Geos, I guess, if you really, really listen. To me, it doesn't really, but I can definitely kind of see that. So yeah, we then get uh, what is some favorite uh, Gamera franchise with some padding of stock footage. This time it's stock footage of how a supersonic sound works by it smashing some glasses. And believe me, this is not the worst use of uh, stock footage in a Gamera movie. If you've seen Gamera vs. Jiger, uh, all I have to say is uh, one word, uh, the elephant scene. Yeah, so this this is definitely not the worst use of stock footage in the Gamera franchise. How bad so then, was the elephant scene? You don't want to know. I'm not even going to say on this podcast. You you don't want to know. Don't watch it. Don't look up that scene because it's not you fun. You don't want to know. I, I <laughs> exactly. You yeah. You already told me, so now I'm telling you. You don't want to know. <laughs> yep, take advice from Dr. Sweet on that. Do not look up that <laughs> sequence. <laughs> okay, you've got me uh, curious, but continue. Yeah, yeah, all right. All right uh, let's go back to this, yeah. So anyway, uh, the military attempts to bomb Ga- Gaos, but of course, uh, Gau- Gauss, sorry, Gauss. Yeah, Gauss. Uh, but she easily destroys the jets with her beam, which, again, you can kind of see where the jets split apart. You can see, like, they were deliberately, like, when they were supposed to cut in half, that they'd just be pulled away. But, again... This is probably not meant for you to notice that, and the miniature works are still really good. We then get one of the uh, weirder sequences of the movie, where, you know, it cuts back to the scientists and the authorities wondering why it didn't work, and Ichi is still with them for some unknown reason. He, wonder where, he wonders where Gamera is, and then it cuts to him being superimposed at the bottom of the ocean. Like, it is one of the weirdest scene transitions ever, because it's literally just him sitting in front of the desk with the background of, like, the uh, government facility. Then the background disappears, and it's still him sitting at the desk 
underneath the ocean. It's like, it is one of the weirder bits of uh, scene transitions that I've seen. Mm. But it turns out what Gamera is doing is uh, trying to heal himself underwater. And we do get to see more of Gamera later on, but it doesn't show up for uh, quite a bit of screen time. It is, at this point, more Ga- uh, Gauss's movie than it is uh, Gamera's. But we do get uh, plenty of Gamera versusing Gauss later on, so yeah. sure to stick around for that. So yeah, uh, it turns out that Gauss is uh, doing nightly attacks in the village, which aren't shown on screen, but I feel like that actually makes it more effective because it leaves it up to your imagination just what Gauss is doing. Like, apparently she's, like, devouring all their livestock and whatnot because, again, she feeds on blood. And some of the villagers uh, consider leaving, and the construction workers all leave except for the main foreman and the uh, comedy relief duo. So Ichi then tells uh, the authorities that Gaos may only come out at night because, again, Gaos is partially based on a vampire bat, which are nocturnal, and the military, having no other options, decide to uh, trust the words of a small boy, which is something that is is kind of funny in the Gamera movies, and I think that later ones might have intentionally made fun of that aspect, and it, it is something that it is a little bit strange, like I... But again, it's part of the fun of the Gamma franchise for me. So yeah, the uh, comedy relief duo, they're basically, uh, their job is to watch for Gauss, and they don't take their job seriously at all because they sleep on the job, they listen to the radio, and of course, Gauss then uh, arrives, finally scaring the hell out of them. And these two, and it's a shame that, again, they're not credited, or if they are, you know, I, you know it, it wasn't really shown. And also that their names never sit in the dub because... They really do have good comedic chemistry with each other, like their facial expressions and whatnot. It really makes me wonder if they were like a comedic team that were put into this movie for whatever reason. Mm. And they are probably some of the uh, better human characters in this, despite them having a pretty uh, weird dub on them. Yeah, despite uh, also not really being all that important to the plot for the most part. No, no, they're definitely not. But it still works out. It's like a little bit of levity for them. And it really does, uh, it works out for the Gamma movie. Some of the later Gammas will get a little too goofy. Uh, the ending of Gamma versus Zegra, for instance, where Gamma literally plays his theme song on Geo, on a, not Geo, I'm sorry, on a Zegra's body, like a xylophone. That, that is, it, it would get really ridiculous after a while. But this, I feel, Gamma versus Gauss pretty much does the perfect balance between uh, comedy and straightforward kaiju uh, antics. So, yeah, speaking of which, we now get to see uh, Gauss. Uh, she's bombarded with by tanks, but as typical with kaiju movies, it doesn't have any effect. As she easily defeats them. She uses her wings to create wind, and then we get what is probably, to me, one of the better sequences of the movie, One of the uh, when she actually takes off to attack a nearby city. Because there's some really good miniature effects of this, of her, like, smashing through buildings. And for my part, uh, the best part of the movie, at least in terms of miniature, is when she destroys the bullet train. Then she, like, leans over it with, like, her claws, you know, and her uh, paws basically uh, over the train. And she's leering down at them. She picks up some people in her paw and she eats some others, which we don't really see. But the use of forced perspective in this... It does really create a good sense that you feel Gaos's size. You feel how large she is, basically, in this sequence yeah. and how imposing and how she is. How bloodthirsty she is. Yeah, yeah. Cause... She definitely is. 
the uh, most frightening uh, monster Gamera has had to face uh, up to this point, and probably for the rest of the franchise too, because Gamera would have you know bigger threats, but none of them were as violent or as like sadistic as uh, Gaos would be. So yeah, we then find out that she's drawn apart by light, which uh, then leads to her trying to flee. And another really good effect in a civil one is when a car is driving on the highway and she cuts it directly in half with her like a uh, supersonic beam. And we get to see the two halves of the car and the one passenger trying to catch up to the half that is uh, with the other passengers. It, it's a very simple effect. And you can definitely tell that there's some real projection in this sequence, especially with the car on the highway. But it does look really good. It's really well done, especially, again, for 1967. Oh, also another thing about that scene, it reminded yep. me very much of that one opening scene from Toy Story 3 where, like, Andy's playing with his toys. And it's, like, this one scene where, like, uh, Woody's trying to catch up with the uh, escaped uh, potato family and the three aliens. But then Buzz just comes, comes like flying out from the sun, that just like lasers the car in half. <laughs> That's a precision, right uh, there. I, well, well, uh, Rex does roar like Godzilla, so they definitely took some inspiration for Kaiju in that sequence. Uh, it was intentional. You never know. <laughs> who knows? Yep. So yeah, uh, we finally we finally get to have Gamera show up again as they have their second fight and. They basically take to the sky, and again, the, the fight sequence between them, I think it alternates from, like, miniatures to people in actual suits, which is actually seamless, believe it or not, because I couldn't tell on my first couple of viewings which was which. And, of course, we get to see, uh, we get to see uh, Gauss uh, use her beam on Gamera's shell to absolutely no effect. And then, of course, Gauss, uh, being desperate, basically throws Gamera in the wall and starts slamming down on him. And he pretty, and again, this is a children's kaiju movie, or at least it was considered more appropriate for children than some of the Godzilla movies at the time. Gamera bites off two of Gauss's toes. It's not really shown. It's kind of a, in a long shot thing, but you still see basically Gamera basically ripping his teeth into Gauss's foot, which, yeah, really, really was not what a lot of people would expect when they think, oh, you know, a more child-friendly kaiju movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know, I know. But seriously, though, uh, we get to see Gauss uh, being driven away by the light of the sun, which causes her to retreat. The next day, uh, her toes, which are in pretty good condition, considering Gamma pretty much gnawed them off the previous day. It was uh, a clean found- cut, let's be fair. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> They're found by some fishermen, and they turn out to start shri- to start uh, shrinking in the light. Then we get uh, another intentionally funny sequence. We see Gauss in her cavern in the volcano, basically regrowing her own uh, foot again. When a stalagmite uh, from the ceiling hits them, causes causing her to like shriek in pain and hop up and down, which I thought was pretty funny. That's a way that you can actually eh. bring some levity to some uh, kaiju's in that. Despite her, uh, on, sorry, sorry, uh, despite her being so fierce and being so uh, bloodthirsty, they still manage to have a little bit of fun with it, you know. And of course, we get mm-hmm. to find out that uh, ultraviolet tongue twisted. Sorry, uh, ultraviolet light is what turns is uh, what causes her is what causes her uh, flesh to shrink, basically. And it turns out that the government uh, comes up with a plan to lure Gauss to a tower that's filled to the brim with fake blood and spin it around enough until the sun comes up. 
we get to see the uh, villagers and the construction crew slowly starting to come with an understanding, although this uh, temporary peace does not last long, which I think also happened in real life, but I'm not too uh, sure about the actual details about the actual conflicts between the road construction crew and the uh, farmers that happened uh, in this uh, Japanese region. But yeah, we get to see uh, probably the silliest part of the movie to me, which it wasn't intentional, but I'm sorry. Every time I see it, it is funny. Gallus arrives at the tower and she starts drinking the artificial blood as the tower begins to spin. And the tower starts spinning faster and faster. And I'm sorry, this just looks so silly. Yeah, you, you yeah. see Gallus basically like flapping her wings up and down and screeching. It, it looks like... Uh, I don't. I guess this would be the best comparison. The episode of Rocco's Modern Life, where Filbert's bird dies, and basically they put it on a turntable and it starts spinning. That's what it reminded of uh, to me. Oh, yeah. It really does start spinning around faster and faster in that, and it is absolutely hilarious. Yeah, like someone stands on it, like, oh, yeah. oh god, I forget the specific scene, but like, there's this yeah. one movie where like someone stands on a record player and just goes super fast and just exactly, flies exactly, off super dizzy. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it exactly, me exactly. <laughs> but no, it really, really does look funny, and we get to see the sun start to come out, and it begins to burn Gauss, but unfortunately, before the plan could work. Uh, it turns out that Gau- it turns out that um, it- I'm sorry, turn to here. It turns out that the generator that controls the tower completely explodes, which stops the uh, tower from spinning, and Gauss uh, flees. Which, in another funny sequence, which is intentionally funny, Gauss being dizzy as hell, like she's stumbling around all over the place and whatnot, and it is funny basically to see her trying to get her footing in that. Uh, of course, then we get then we cut to uh, more of the human drama as we get to see the villagers are angry at the village elder because now they want to sell their uh, homes because of Gauss and her rampage, and which uh, again really seems to come out of nowhere to me. How uh, yeah. how they change? Like it turns out, like twenty minutes earlier, you were fighting to uh, keep their homes, and then what happens is that they try to now they want to sell their homes. It doesn't really make sense to me. But again, uh, it's not really the most important part. The most important part of a kaiju movie are the kaiju, which we find out the village elder comes out with a great plan to kill Gauss, start a forest fire, which, wow, that has not aged well. Yeah, yeah I mean, you, you, you kill Gauss, but yeah, you cause global warming. Way to go, buddy. And yeah. of course, the plan doesn't work anyway, as it turns out Gauss can shoot yellow vapor from like, I guess it's coming out of her chest. It's really hard to tell just where the yellow vapor is coming from. But uh, she puts out the forest fire with that. But the Gamera, it turns out, is drawn to the heat. So this causes uh, Gamera to arrive once again, which leads to their third and climatic battle, which probably is the best one of the movie between them because they definitely uh, they definitely saved the best for last. Uh, uh, Gamera starts a fire to, start, to startle uh, Gaos. And they start tackling each other. Gamera really bites into Gaos's bat wing, which again looks painful as hell. So oh yeah, Gaos especially since that's like membrane. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You see, nerves in it. Yeah, yeah. Excuse me. Uh, Gaos then uh, escapes from Gamera's g- grass, and she starts striking him in the tail. And then, probably one of the more interesting ways of trying to deal with Godzilla, she picks him up and starts dropping him into the ground repeatedly. But Gamera hides himself in his shell, which 
apparently, I don't know if this is an intentional reference, but the Greek playwright, uh, Alicious, he died because a turd, uh, a bird mistook his head for a rock and dropped a turtle on it and he died. So apparently, <laughs> Gaos, yeah, that's, of course, we don't know how true this is because ancient Greek, you know, myth with reality and whatnot, but yeah. it's a funny enough story and it, uh, and I think that's what Gaos is trying to do, basically. He's trying to drop uh, Gamera onto something to break his shell so uh, she can kill him. And we then get uh, a part that uh, Gaos prepares to use her beam, but we see Gamera's paw reaching for a boulder. He grabs it and he throws it right in her mouth, which it reminded me a lot of in Bartok the Magnificent, where the same thing yeah. happens with Ludmilla. Bartok throws a rock in Ludmilla's mouth. Yeah, that's <laughs> really pretty, like honestly, that's pretty fitting. Yeah, yeah, it really makes me want to see like a version of this where, like, remaking like the real Ludmilla, but with Gaos and Gamera. That would be fun. Juggling in that. I, I can see Gaos doing juggling. He, or Gamera doing juggling rather. He is very, very uh, versatile in what he can do. I mean, the oh, last yeah. movie he played, he knows his own theme song. Uh, he he does like a you know gymnastic bar routine. I think oh, it's yeah. in Gamera versus Gyrion, actually. Sadly, it is not in this movie, but that is one of the more iconic Gamera moments, shall we say? But uh, then, yeah. but yeah, then we get to see a uh, Gamera smashing uh, Gaos into the water repeatedly, and the sun slowly starts to come up, which weakens her, and that gives Gamera an idea. He starts literally dragging her up the volcano with her thrashing all the way. And she, I, 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 the first time I saw this, I thought of it like, you know, in Lord of the Rings, I can't carry the ring for you, Mr. Frodo, <laughs> but I can carry you. He's yeah. carrying her up to Mount Doom to destroy the one ring. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, I just realized that. Also, yeah. uh, also I posted a camera freaking... Uh, and gif and designated chatting which i will definitely <laughs> check that out i will definitely double check that out it's it's the gamma oh, oh that's thing. nice but yeah yeah that's some gamma versus geary on that is a classic <laughs> classic moment and maybe we'll talk about that but then gamma kills a uh, gauss once and for all by basically tossing her to the mouth of the volcano which kills her we don't get to see her death on screen probably because they don't want to destroy the suit more on that in about a couple minutes but we do see her beam shooting out before fading, so we know that Gaos, in at least the Showa-era timeline, is dead and no more. The movie ends with Gamera flying away as Ichi waves to him, which pretty much is how a lot of the Gamera movies ended. And then we get ending credits, which showed scenes from all the previous Gamera movies, which is uh, the first Gamera, Gamera vs. Baragon, and scenes from this. Later Gamera movies would do the same thing, but because they had a lot more scenes to show, it didn't seem as weird as doing this when you're at the third movie. But yeah, yeah. Uh, this movie was a pretty huge success for uh, Dai. It was the most uh, critically and commercially successful Gamera movie at the time. And uh, Gaos would actually appear in the next Gamera movie, Gamera vs. Gyrion, as Space Gaos, which literally is just Gaos painted silver. It literally is just the same exact yeah. prop, same exact monster suit, is that they put, like, silver spray paint on it. And unlike Did it do this, anything with the eyes, at least? Nope. Same, same. <laughs> and it really is go. Gaos, just with, like, silver paint on. And yeah. this version of Gaos, the suit is destroyed, so Gaos only appeared in uh, flashbacks and archival footage after that one. 
and Space Geos in Gamma versus Geryon does not appear for very long, although her death is famously pretty violent because uh, Geryon basically cuts her into pieces, and there is a lot of blood during that sequence too, which, wow, mm. I, I'm amazed I got away with that. You know, that's yeah. fun. Okay, you know, that actually reminds me of something. Yeah, uh, what was the episode that... Uh, there, there was an episode we talked about Kaiju on this channel, right? Gorgo. Uh, yeah, Gorgo, right, was, uh, right, Gorgo, right, yeah. right, right, right. Yep. Yep. That and, makes uh, sense. That, but yeah, like I said, it's interesting to compare that to this because Gorgo took more uh, basically inspiration from stuff like King Kong or like the Beast in 20,000 Fathoms and stuff like that. Yeah. Whereas this is just clearly based on like the Godzilla model of Kaiju while still doing its own thing. And I'm glad that they did. You can definitely tell that this version of Kaiju is the one that would become more popular, at least in like Japan, for a very long time. We would get more darker versions of Kaiju, including Gamera in the Heisei series in the 90s. Mm. And we're going to talk about those movies at the podcast on a later date because Geos becomes Gamera's arch nemesis. She's in the uh, first uh, Gamera movie. And she's in the uh, third Gamera movie of the uh, Heisei trilogy. She's pretty and, much the Ghidorah of uh, yeah, yeah. the Gamera and universe. There's actually multiple Geos. They're like an entire breed of species and whatnot. And their backstory is really interesting. We'll get into more of that when we actually do um, Gamera versus when we actually do uh, Gamera Protector of the Universe and the later ones from the 90s. But that'll be very interesting when we get to it. And like I said, Gamma versus uh, Gauss is definitely my favorite of the uh, of the Shawa era Gamma movies. The first one is good, but you can tell they were really trying to rip off Godzilla in a few of the sequences. Gamma versus Barugon is also good, but the part of the Jewel Thieves is a little bit slow. And the later ones like Gamma versus Geryon, Gamma versus Zyger, Gamma versus uh, Jaeger, they're also good, but. They could sometimes get a little bit too silly for my taste. I feel like Gamera versus uh, Gauss is the first time when the franchise really knew what it was doing. It's like this was, I feel, the perfect encapsulation of what Gamera was. And it's a shame that the rest of them couldn't end like this, especially Gamera Super Monster, which literally 90% of it is a clip show. And that, that was the last Gamera movie made in 1980. And. It, it really is tedious to get to. I do not recommend it. Mm. Gamera himself is... Uh, the movies are public domain, although they're not... Gamera himself isn't. The American dubs of the movies are public domain, so they're easy to come across on YouTube. And uh. and I'd recommend them. You know, they are a lot of fun for what they are. You know, again, they're, they're not as, as quality as, like, say, you know, the original Godzilla or stuff like that, or, like, Godzilla Raids Again, but... They are a really good time for uh, what you're looking for, which yeah. now leads into uh, uh, one thing before the question of the week. Uh, my apologies. We are doing this episode because of the uh, anime coming on to Netflix uh, very soon, uh, Gamma Rebirth, and Geos is going to appear as one of Gamma's enemies in that. So it'll be a lot of fun, mm -hmm. and we're definitely going to talk about that as well at a later time. Now uh, we get to the question of the week, which is going to be a little bit of a different one. Okay, who do you like better, Gamera or Godzilla? Godzilla. I grew up with the giant foot-tall dinosaur or lizard they had back in, in the description of Godzilla, so I say Godzilla for me. I can't turn down the big guy. 
Same yeah, here, I, honestly. I I, I I mostly grew up with uh, Godzilla, not going to lie. Like, I knew of Ga- – the only time I actually knew of Gamera was, like, in high school or middle school when I was, like – when me and my family were, like, into uh, MST3K a little bit. Still kind of am. But – yeah, yeah, Godzilla for me does it a lot more, especially with the monster versus design. That is peak Godzilla. Change my mind, you can't. It that is peak Godzilla design again because just how it looks makes him feel very like unique, like compared to the others. Like the others make him look rounded and whatnot, and for the most part, I'm 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 for that, but like. When he actually looks like a freaking, you know, reptile, a freaking, you know, ancient dinosaur being from, like, the past. Like, the ancient past, even. Yeah, yeah. I definitely see where you're coming from. How about uh, Shin Godzilla? What would you think of that one? I have have not. I have not seen that. I've seen the transformation of how Shin Godzilla goes and up to becomes and how it ended. I'm like creepy as hell that it looks and then gets to the full of front of what it looks like and the tail scene, I'm like, it's just even more creepy as fuck. I love it. I want to watch it. Yeah, I, wa- I want to see it too. If not for the fact that this is as well. hottest, I repeat, the hottest base Godzilla's flames have ever gotten to the point where they cut freaking buildings like lightsabers to butter. I, I That is not just hyperbole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I definitely I've seen that, and like I say, uh, I would have to say as well. I have to agree with you that uh, Godzilla really is the the original uh, kaiju. He's not the first kaiju, but he might be after King Kong the most influential kaiju. I mean, oh, yeah. Gamera himself wouldn't mm-hmm. exist without Godzilla. Most yeah. kaiju also unless Godzilla exists without Godzilla, and oh yeah. Also, I would say something that interesting is. Leading up to the release of Gamera vs. Jiger in Japan, because it was the uh, 1970 uh, World Expo in Japan, uh, mm. what's interesting is that they actually did, Dai and Toho got together to do a Gamera vs. Godzilla poll of children. It turns out it was a tie. Mm. So that shows how, I guess that shows how popular Gamera was in the 70s that you know, a poll of, you know, like Japanese school children had him pretty much even level with Godzilla in terms of popularity. Yeah, uh, nowadays, though, unless Godz- unless Gamera actually does something, like, pretty damn unique, desi- both design-wise and, like, with the overall series, I'm absolutely going to stick with Godzilla, hands down. Same, same. I, I definitely have to agree with you. And, uh, yeah. oh, Lucky Eevee, right. uh, what would you have to say? Yeah. I would say Jillian Willis. Again, was his own thing. I thought he was a. I thought he was a Godzilla kaiju. Huh. <laughs> I, I can definitely see why, because Godzilla has fought a lot of uh, weird-looking monsters in the past, especially around this time. So, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, unfortunately, we did never get a Gamma versus Godzilla movie, and due to copyright issues, we probably never will. I mean, because... we did. Get, I mean, we did get close with uh, Godzilla versus Gamera on Death Battle, but that is the closest yeah. we will ever uh, get yeah. to that. We're never really getting an official one because just making Godzilla versus King Kong was hard enough. Apparently, in the '60s, trying to mm. do it with a rival Japanese studio, it would not work. Unfortunately, I mean, nowadays, Kong, King Kong and Godzilla 
versus like Kong versus Godzilla absolutely would would be possible because they're in the same universe. Oh no, with the monster mm-hmm. race, yeah, but I'm saying uh, the 1960s version of uh, of yeah. Ga- of Godzilla versus King Kong famously went through a lot of troubled production. Apparently, Marion Cooper. Uh, the creator of King Kong was absolutely against it from the start. He also directed, of course, the original one. But we'll talk more about that at a later time. And yeah, I definitely have to agree that uh, Godzilla is superior to Gamera, unfortunately. Yeah. But that's not saying Gamera doesn't have his moments. You know, absolutely. I feel like Gamera is, if you want to have a lot of fun with a kaiju movie, that's the one that you really want to pick sometimes. Some yeah. of the Godzilla ones can be a little heavy. Granted, some of the one, later ones like Godzilla's Revenge, Godzilla versus Megalon, Godzilla versus uh, Biollante and that definitely uh, has... Yeah, Biollante, thank you, thank you, thank you. But they definitely have their moments in that, but I feel like Gamera is definitely one where if you just want to like relax on the couch and watch something that, you know, is pretty light and, you know, fun kaiju action, that's where I would recommend it. And yeah. mm-hmm. Yep. Now it is time for the uh, patent pending Dragonist Scale, where we will uh, rank uh, Gauss today. I This is an interesting one because Gauss is very unique with the design, with the characterization, with how you know bloodthirsty and fierce she is. And yet at the same time, I don't know. I do like her quite a bit, but there's something that <laughs> holds me back from giving her a score higher than I would say maybe at the best I'm going to give her an 8 out of 10. I, I would give her a higher score, except, again, I just don't know. There's something about her design or something about that that I think draws it back a little bit. I feel like if she had a little more screen time, not to saying that she doesn't have as much screen time as she does already, but I feel like uh, maybe the Heisei trilogy gave her a little more characterization. She feels more like a monster compared to a character like uh, Gamera, for instance. She feels a little bit more like an obstacle. If they gave her a little bit more of... But again, she does have character in that we see how fierce and bloodthirsty and, you know, heartless she basically is. But at the same time, she is kind of a monster and... I do have to give her that score. I do like her quite a bit, though. I like the design. I like the Vulcan design. I like, uh, again, the characterization that she does get is very good. And I really would love to give her a higher score, but 8 out of 10 is really as high as I can go for uh, Gauss. So, uh, Angron, what would you have to say? I'm going to have to agree, uh, but I will admit uh, she kind of gets a little higher of a score in my opinion like mm, in actuality i'm actually gonna stick with that i tend to the 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 whole 60s like somewhat cheap costume look is charming but it can only go so far in my opinion it's far from terrible and in fact i like this design it looks sleek it looks menacing it very much looks like something that absolutely uh, i would be down for because i like sleek reptiles they're pretty cool they're pretty neat but yeah again this is something that came out in the 60s and whatnot and the fact that uh some things about uh gamera haven't really aged well it yeah you know what i'm actually gonna say i'm actually gonna say uh nine out of ten because like i'm not the biggest gamera fan for obvious reasons but yeah if if monsters like gauss 
our uh, what a childhood me uh, would have uh, ultimately been it, what would have ultimately been into, like at the time, then yeah, I definitely would have like been on board the moment you showed me this movie. So okay. uh, yeah, I'm I'm definitely gonna say keep it at a nine out of ten because I like Gauss's design, the concept's cool, and just overall, just I'm just kind of a fan of Gauss to be perfectly honest. It's cool. No, no, no. She is, she is very, very cool. I definitely agree with yeah. you, especially for kids, because again, some of the later gamma kaiju would start to look a little silly. I feel like uh, Gauss definitely balances menacing and still not being as outright terrifying as, like, say, uh, King Ghidorah, yeah. for instance. Yeah, it's a I feel, balance and, that I'm. And especially down for, for the '60s, you're you're really right, especially again with a children audience. Well, not an, an entire children audience, but you get my point. I, you may have convinced me. I may change my score to nine too. Wow. I, I mm, did not yeah. think about that before, but you are very right in that uh, Gauss definitely uh, looks unique in that regard. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'm changing my score to nine out of 10 too. Uh, Jordan, what would you have to say? I didn't get a chance to watch all the gamma and I'm looking at the photo we have on our group page of Gauss. Um mm. It looks yeah. like it's the same picture, like design of her design. I mean, sure, the 1995 picture has her nails more dark and red, but the others look, I like her design. I'll, I'll give her 8 out of 10 because, again, I don't know a whole lot of but I mean, even when you gave her description of what she is, I'm like, okay, she sounds interesting. I feel bad that I don't know what she fully looks like. I may, I may have to watch the old version to get no idea about her. I know but what I, picture you're talking about. <laughs> but nice. uh, it's all good. It's all good. But I gotta say, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna say eight out of ten because I don't know whole a lot about that universe. This this kaiju a lot, so I might have to watch it and maybe understand more about her. So I'm gonna give her an eight out of ten. I definitely can see that. You know that 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 makes a lot of sense, especially just from aesthetics alone. Yeah, that really, really, uh, that's a good reason. So, uh, mm. Lucky Evie? I guess five out of ten. Mm. Any particular reason? Uh, the design is just kind of bad. Uh, yeah, I can uh, kind of see where you're coming from with that, especially if we're yeah. like, if you're not into the whole 60s aesthetic, I can kind of see why it wouldn't uh, do that much for you. I've heard that, uh, again, I haven't really seen the Heisei trilogy, so I can't really, uh, say about her appearance in Gamera and Gamera 3 of that one. But I've heard that she does look a lot better. And again, there's a lot more uh, Gauss in that movie because there's an entire uh, herd of her. So we'll find out uh, when we do that episode eventually. But um, if you have any questions or if you want to send us uh, your impressions of Gauss's roar, you can email us at fieryDiscourse at Outlook.com or visit us on Twitter at Twitter.com slash FieryDiscourse. Next time, we'll be talking about the 2007 movie, Shrek the Third. Mm. We're going to skip Shrek 2 for reasons we will get to when we do that episode. But yeah, that'll be a lot of fun to talk about that movie, talk about uh, more about DreamWorks in general. And until next time, take care. Uh, one thing really quick. What sound, did they use, what sound did they use for Gauss's roar? I think it was... Uh, I think it was actually somebody doing a uh, kaiju roar. It sounds like a human being, though I'm not mm. exactly certain. And something that I definitely have to look up. Uh, but yeah, uh, you can also email us about that too if you can find out what Gauss's uh, Gauss, sorry, what Gauss's roar really is. 
Uh, feel free to email about that too. And until next time, take care. Yep, later. Bye. Adios.